super excited because it's something he's dreamed about since he's, you know, a, a little boy. I've dreamed about it since coming out of high school. And it's a, it's a scary thought, but then it's exciting at the same time. And our plan was to mostly just do parties on the weekends and breakfast and lunch to go. And when we opened, people automatically came in and sat down and didn't leave. So then all of a sudden I was like, oh, wow, we're going we to buy plates. We had to go buy plates. We didn't have plates when we first opened. So all of a sudden we were a full service restaurant. Welcome to Jefferson Parish Pulse, powered by JEDCO, a podcast designed to showcase the businesses, organizations, and individuals that make up the heartbeat of the Jefferson Parish economy. I'm Kelsey Scram. We continue to feature our borrowers this season. These are the small businesses that have used JEDCO's loan programs to start up, grow, expand, renovate, and achieve the next level of success in Jefferson Parish and beyond. This week, we feature an interview with Carol and Myron LeBrand, founders of LeBrand's Creole Cuisine and Catering. This dynamic husband and wife duo had dreamed of owning a restaurant business for years. Timing, fate, and faith brought them together and helped them to launch and grow their business. Carol and Myron shared how they sought a loan with Jedco for one portion of their business and then switched gears when the building they'd been eyeing for years became available to them. As we've done all season, we've invited Jennifer Laparus, Jedco Finance Director, to talk about this loan and how Jedco helped. LeBrands, um, Myron and, and Carol came to me um, for uh, an actually smaller loan than they ended up with because um, they were just looking to expand their line of bread puddings. Um, and that kind of, as we were working through the process and they found a property that they liked, kind of elaborated into a larger project um, and a lo little bit of a larger loan, but also, you know, a really robust business. So it's not only the bread puddings, but it's also um, their, their catering company. And I can tell you that their food is absolutely amazing. Do not miss out on it. I, and I have a kind of a fun story about their approval. So I was presenting it to the board, you know, talking about the, the, the bread pudding aspect of the business and then the catering aspect. And um, I had asked Myron, I had asked Myron to uh, come, come, you know, bring in some samples because, you know, word of advice to all future or current business owners, if you sell food, bring your food to every meeting. I mean, that's your, you know, that's your business card. Anyways, so he you know, he had was running late to bring it to us. And it was literally as we were going to vote for his loan that he comes running into the conference room um, and in front of the finance committee. And then he's like, I wanted to, you know, interrupt your meeting, I'm sorry. And so the, he put it down on the table and the whole board was really impressed. Not only that, you know, they were packaged, they all had UPCs, so they could see how far along they were in the business. And honestly, the minute you taste or his bread pudding, you would give him just about as much money as he asked for. So, of course, we immediately approved that loan. Thank you so much, Jennifer. You will hear how Jennifer's team helped bring this project and many others to life throughout the season. In today's interview, Carol, Myron, and I talk about how their faith is embedded in their work, what it was like to open their doors in the midst of the pandemic, and why they chose to launch their business on the West Bank. They have an amazing story, and I hope you enjoy what they had to say as much as I did. Carol, Myron, thank you so, so much for being on the show. We are so excited to have you. Thank you Thanks for having us. 
Well, I'm just going to dive right in because I know we have lots of questions to get through. I'm so excited to hear your story. Can you tell us a little bit about LeBrand's Creole cuisine and catering? So we're located at 137 Sala Avenue in West Wego in the historic Salaville location that is uh, up and coming, um, soon to be booming with more businesses. So we're very excited about that. Um, we launched our business in 2015, um, started as a catering and just doing uh, offsite catering and lunches out of our house and gradually grew it into a brick and mortar location. So this brick and mortar location that you are at now, and we'll talk a little bit about opening that and and how you got to that point, because I know that's that's um, one of the big reasons that you're here and, and you know, working with Jedco, but this, this location um, is where you do your catering, but it's also, is it a restaurant? Is it a event it space? How, how does that work? We are a full service restaurant. So we have dine-in, takeout and delivery. We also do our catering and we rent out our um, main dining room and sometimes the outside space for private parties. So it's a little bit of everything you need. That's perfect. It's like a one-stop shop for all yeah. of the delicious food. Yeah. <laughs> And it is so good, everybody. We've had everybody I've ever talked to that has tried this food just like sings sings the praises. So um, hoping that people who are listening will go check it out for themselves. Yes, please come by and grab yourself a taste of love. So I, I want to sort of talk about your beginnings and how you guys decided to to open this restaurant. But First and foremost, Carol, I read that you got your start at a sandwich shop. So can you can you kind of talk about um, your beginnings and, and how you ended up meeting Myron and how you, you got to where you are now? So I started at a sandwich shop when I was about 18, 19. I was just getting out of high school and it was a family owned um, restaurant called Joyce's Submarine Sandwiches in Marrero. And my aunt worked there. And that's where I started. And then gradually I worked some at the World Trade Center, uh, what was called the Plimsoll Club in the World Trade Center. So I did that for a little while um, off and on. Then I moved away. I was married um, to moved away to Europe for a while. Then when I came back, picked right up into the industry again, uh, started culinary classes at Delgado. So I didn't do the full culinary program there, but I did one year of it. Worked at Dickie Brennan's Bourbon House Seafood, learned a lot there, went from there to a dietary manager of a nursing home, uh, St. Margaret's in New Orleans, and that is where I met Chef Myron, my now husband. Um, his grandfather was a resident there, and he applied to work there, um, and that was in 2014, and um, I seen his resume. I thought he was great. And long story short, he didn't really end up working there, uh, but he got a different kind of career. Being married to me is a different workload. Um, and, but we found that we were on the same page and very like-minded in our goals. Um, and that we both wanted uh, to run our own restaurant. Um, I knew coming out of high school that running my own restaurant was something that I wanted to do. And along with helping other people, which brought me to my background in social work as I have a master's degree in social work. So I knew that we would we would blend those two things together where social work uh, would meet the culinary world. I met Myron and we said, yep, we're going to do this together. And we launched LeBrand's Creole Cuisine in 2015 together. And here we are. I'm going to let him tell you a little bit about 
how long he's been cooking. First of all, I just, I really love this story of how you met in, at a at a nursing home of all places. I don't feel like you like meet a lot of people, you know, like <laughs> I don't know if there's a lot of people who'd be like a lot of young people who are like, yeah, I met my husband at a nursing home. <laughs> right? so I love that. That's amazing. Or at least not when you're not a senior citizen. <laughs> <laughs> But that's, that's so awesome. And yes, Myron, I would love to hear sort of your background and, and how you ended up in, in the place where you are. Well, I started at Rob Wayne High School, which was a vocational high school that sent me through a culinary program. Good, the good thing for me was, I know I want to be a cook since I was five years old. My grandfather, my, my dad's dad had a catering business. He let me play in his kitchen. He passed away when I was five. I played in the kitchen for that period of time. I was 10. I said, I want to be a chef. And I just never changed my mind. So I stayed focused on that goal of becoming a chef. So I went to culinary school while I was in Rod Wayne. Worked numerous places. It's way too many for me to even go into. Just to name a few. I worked for Pigeon's Catering. It's one of the largest catering companies in the city. I worked at Margaritaville. I also worked at Dickie Brennan's Steakhouse. I worked- Mr. B's. Worked at Mr. B's. Worked at a few places. And I just stuck to it. When I met Carol, when I came for my job interview, who knew I was gonna be interviewing for a husband, you know, <laughs> but it happened. One of the things that I have loved that you both sort of said is, Carol, you knew you wanted to own a business Myron, you knew that you wanted to be a chef. Here you guys are, you, you're you the chef of your own business. Carol, you're running your own restaurant catering company. Uh, that is so cool. Yeah. Did you, so did you start the business together before or after you got married? Okay, so. I started doing the business before I met her, but it wasn't, Carol was the missing piece because I was just doing stuff willy-nilly just, People call me, hey, Mark, you can do this? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I can do that. I didn't have a name for my business. I just called it LeBrand's. It was, oh, I'm Iron LeBrand. I had business cards, said LeBrand's Catering. But I didn't have a business. I didn't have an LLC. And he didn't make it a, a, an official thing. She was so. like, well, you really want to do this? We're going to do it right. It's going to do it this. And I'm like, man, people don't do that stuff in New Orleans. They don't worry about it. They just want somebody to do good food. But my wife knows better, so... I said it needed to be very, very official. And I knew that he had a, um, a talent that um, there was no sense in it not in being wasted and it not being uh, very official. So I was like, you know, you eventually want to grow out on your own and stop working for other people. And he had made um, a lot of those other companies a lot of money. So I was like, okay, it's time to um, utilize your talent for yourself. That's so wonderful. And I, I, I love that you are sort of this like dynamic duo that is, that are so supportive of one another in the ways that you celebrate each of your talents in these special ways. Like that Carol is the missing piece. That's so precious. And Carol, just you, you get that Myron is such a talent and I, 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 that's lovely. That's really wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. God is uh, a beautiful orchestrator. I went out slogans is a taste of love and everybody if you don't love it stop doing it that and god is love so we all so he is in the he's in the middle of everything, everything that, we, that do. we do before we can touch it we have to talk to god first 
That is fantastic. I love the tremendous amount of faith that you have. It's really been interesting in, in this show and the different types of business owners that I have gotten to meet over the last couple of years, which I'm very blessed to even have that opportunity to, to talk to people like you and, and share your stories. Um, what I love so much about so many of these business owners and and you guys um, is is the tremendous amount of faith that you have. And it's that's that's a really it seems to be this this theme that I see running throughout a lot of the business owners. We see it a lot, and so that's that's very neat. Um, I, I really love restaurant that. in a lot of businesses in general. It's critical. Life is critical, and I would say in the restaurant industry, it, it gets real critical. You better have a lot of faith because it's a real, real up and down, real rough business. And a lot of people looked at us like, "Why would you start this in the middle of a pandemic?" And I'm like. Let me tell you how that was not the plan, that we signed our paperwork with Jedco probably seven days before COVID shut everything down. So it was like, well, the paperwork is signed, so we're about to rock and roll. Uh, better yet, the fact that we were in church and she says, hey, I was like, yeah, what's up? She's like, oh, we're going to tell the man we're going to get this building. <laughs> oh, Okay. So I kind of grabbed my pockets and my wallet. I said, um, since we've been in church for 10 minutes, uh, they went a lottery while we were sitting in here. <laughs> she was like, no. <laughs> oh, okay, cool. And we went over to the man's house and said, hey, we're going to get that building from you in a month. So tell a guy that Cindy he needs to get out because he's not going to buy it. We are. He's like, okay. Yeah. Got back in the car and said, so where's the money coming from? She said, I have no idea. So a, a backstory on that, Jedco originally approved us for a, a small loan. Myron has an amazing bread pudding like nobody else's. I and have heard I have heard tales of this bread pudding. I need yeah. to get my hands on some of that because I've heard like actual legend of this bread pudding. Sorry to interrupt. I just thought I would make sure that everybody knows it's legendary. <laughs> Yes. It is, it, Jennifer's like this, I believe in your product, Carol, we will, we will push this forward. So we were looking to um, produce it at a, at a commissary kitchen in Norco. And that wasn't, you know, our heart's desire, but I knew I, we needed to push that bread pudding forward, even if we didn't have a big kitchen to do a major restaurant. We're like, well, let's at least just get our bread puddings out there. And then um, Jedco had approved the small loan and we were getting ready to sign off on it. And it's like he said, I was in church and um, this building, we had already had the keys in our hand five years ago and the deal fell through. And um, we continued to pray about it because I knew that it was the right location for us. And they had approved us for that small loan and my heart wasn't set on that. And we were in church and God said, go, go back to the building. And when I did that particular day, the for sale sign was back on the building. So I went over there and we talked to Mr. Mike and, you know, and told him, um, let's, let's talk about this, this building. I've already got a deal with Jedco, but let me see what I can do if we can, you know, figure this out with Jedco since they've already approved us for something. And Jennifer, you know, said, hold on, Carol, I have an idea. And she told me that um, she said four people already had applied. Two, two people had already applied for the building and got turned down. And I said, was something wrong with it? And she said, no, it was just the people. I told Jennifer, because it's mine. That's why. And she was like, okay, yeah. all right. She said, I'll represent it to the board. I didn't hurt that. I brought the board a whole tray of bread pudding. Right yeah. Before yeah. Right before the vote, the, the whole board got a, got a big tray of bread puddings. Um, very, so, strategic. very strategic. <laughs> yes. So God they, has no wasted acts. Yeah. 
Yeah. So they increased it and they said, if you can, uh, you can meet an agreement with, uh, with the owner, we'll, um, we'll help you get into the building um, and to hopefully later purchase it. And that's our plan to purchase it by next year. So Jedco said, we, you know, get, get the deal, get in there. Wow. So here we are. That's a story. Later, I've been telling him, we'll, we'll be back for the building. You can put your for sale sign, but nobody else is going to get it. What? That is so neat. What an incredible story. That's a really, really neat to hear how things work out the way that they're supposed to. That's really awesome. Um, and you mentioned a couple of, I feel like you've talked about so many different things and I want to sort of hit on a couple of them. I do want to talk about how you heard about Jedco and we can get to that in a minute, but you were working in a kitchen, your kitchen in 2015 with the, these plans to grow. Yeah. And then in the middle of a pandemic, that's when everything sort of happens. So can you, can, yeah. So can you talk about what, it, what is it like to open your doors in the middle of a pandemic and to do this yeah. thing that you have dreamed of for so long? Scary. It was, it was, it was very scary. So initially that we had already signed the papers and we were, you know, like, well, here's the money. So we have to get started. And then the, you know, so we're super excited. Like we've waited five years for this and this moment is going to happen. And people were giving, I was giving my job a two week notice. Yeah. I had went back to work because wait, backtrack a little bit. We already, we were running the kitchen in a bar. Right, we were running in Buckshot's our, Bar and Grill, kind of operating oh, okay. out of there. Mm -hmm. Running our kitchens, selling our bread puddings, still trying to get to the building. We never, we weren't far away. We we're three blocks away. Well, four blocks. It's right four there. Blocks. Yeah. So it's like we still, we still gonna come back to that. So right as that happened, and we about to start working on the building, the pandemic hits, and then we also get, hey, would you guys mind feeding the National Guard? during the pandemic. We like, Literally the day he got laid off from his from his job, they had asked him to come back and help him out because they were having a hard time. And he said, okay, but you know, I'm about to open my own business. She said, I know, we just need your help for a little while. So he did. And then he, she's like, I'm sorry, I have to let you go because of the pandemic. And maybe two hours later, after, you know, she said, dude, I gotta, I gotta let you off because, and we understood it's the pandemic, the National Guard called and said, would you be interested in doing catering? And we catered the National Guard from March till August. Wow. So that helped tremendously while, you know, working on the building and because um, this building, getting it open because this building took uh, a lot of work. Um, to get it to get it open so mm -hmm. we still were trying to remodel and still pushing catering uh, and getting COVID and and we got COVID in the middle of that yeah oh my goodness me him um my daughter our oldest daughter Angel and our who is now our executive sous chef we were all doing the catering together and all got COVID so that knocked us wow. out of commission for a few weeks um but then we popped right back up again and just continued pushing well, if that isn't the definition of resilience, I don't know what it is. <laughs> the catering ended for the National Guard. They're like, okay, where things are going to calm down now. And they made a shift. So we stopped catering in August. And our, we, our building was finished and ready one month later. Wow. The timing of all of these things is just so incredible that everything has just sort of worked that way. All of these pieces falling into place at just the right moment. like. Like yes. 
the perfect game of dominoes, right? Yes, yes. That's incredible. Well, so how does it feel? You opened this business, you opened the, this is something you've dreamed of. I mean, what is it like when you were cutting the ribbon on this business? What are you, what's, what are the thoughts going through your head and what are you feeling? Fear. <laughs> First I was fear. I was like, wow. Then I looked up and I said, well, okay. In original, I really had nothing else. I was like, I'm scared, but all right, let's go. Right. So it was scary, but very exciting. Um, again, it goes back to the faith that we have, that I knew that God, you know, um, he didn't bring us this far to leave us. So I was like, you know, it's the middle of a pandemic. And I'm like, well, this wasn't my plan. So I'm just going to, I'm just going to rock with it. Cause he said, this is, this is how it is. So it's, you just keep going until you can't go anymore. It's very interesting. Most of our customers come in and go, so why would you guys open in the middle of a pandemic? So it's not the first time we get the question and we explain, well, we follow what God tells us to do. And they go, that is, that is wildly interesting. So then they go, it is. after they stay here a little longer and can we pray with you? Sure. I want to pray for your business and, and you and your family. And we have a lot of people that come in and want to pray for our business and go, because we really love you guys. And it's amazing that you would try to do this in the middle of the pandemic. Right. When a lot of restaurants are, you know, closing. are closing and we, and we're aware of that and we still have to push forward and open our doors. So we're super excited because it's something he dream, he's dreamed about since he's, you know, a, a little boy. I've dreamed about it since coming out of high school and it's a, it's a scary thought, but then it's exciting at the same time. And our plan was to mostly just do parties on the weekends and, breakfast and lunch to go and when we opened people automatically came in and sat down and didn't leave so then all of a sudden I was like oh wow we're gonna be we able to buy plates we had to go buy plates we didn't have plates when we first opened so all of a sudden we were a full service restaurant that wasn't people you know were like oh is this because of COVID I'm like with the go plates I said not exactly um <laughs> but but the more they requested that, could you please have real plates? I realized this is just going to go on a different spin than we anticipated, and we're going to go with it. And it's it's doing. Um, they doing enjoy. Okay. What they say? I enjoy sitting here. I find peace being in your building. Oh, that, that's amazing. I'm glad yeah. you find peace being here. I'll leave you sit there. <laughs> like, you don't mind if I stay a little while? Like, perfectly Not at fine. So business is good. It sounds like. It's growing little by little. Word of mouth helps um, tremendously. I do a lot of posting um, on Facebook and any Facebook, um, there's a lot of groups out there, you know, people start groups and there are a lot of groups that allow businesses to post um, or you to post and advertise for a business. So I do a lot of, of that on the um, like where NOLA East, which is for uh, NOLA.com. They actually allow restaurants right now to post and advertise on there at no cost. So I post on there, post on a lot of the West Bank sites as much as I can anywhere that I can that allows it, we post. I think business is good for us, not financially, but more spiritually. When we say it tastes love in every bite, that doesn't mean just the food. I mean, it's, you take a bite out of life, you know what I'm saying? So like, the more people you can affect in a good manner, the better. So in that in that aspect, we're doing spectacular. Yeah. <laughs> Even our server notices, he comes in, he's like, it's, you know, someone prays for y'all every week when they're in here. Someone's always praying for y'all or praying, praying in the middle of the dining room. I said, yep. 
and we wow. have we have really great employees because we like you know it's slow and we heard about other jobs and we told the employees you know hey man heard such such was hiring they're like no i like it here i'm doing well i'm i mean i could be doing better but if i stick with y'all things will get better they see yeah. the growth they see the potential that maybe it's so just so so right now but they that's see an that. emotional thing for your yeah. own employees to go ah i'm gonna stick with you yeah i know the other guys gonna pay me a little more but i like it here and i feel peace I mean, that, that speaks volumes to the type of people that you are as the owners of this catering and restaurant business. I mean, what an, what an incredible um, gift to be able to share that with your employees and that, and to, for your employees to give that back to you and say that they want to stay and, and be a part of your lives and a part of your vision and your mission. I mean, that's just wonderful. I do want to switch gears here a little bit because I, I want to talk about Jedco. And you mentioned that you came to Jedco for the loan and it started with just getting a loan for the, the bread pudding business, but yeah. it ended up becoming a loan for something much bigger than that. So yeah. how yeah. did you hear about Jedco? Um, how did Jedco help? And what was your overall experience with our team? So Jedco, I found, which is so funny because we literally live down the street from the office and I never... I just didn't pay attention. I didn't know what JEDCO was, but we are a member of the New Orleans Black Chamber of Commerce. And I was going to one of their meetings they advertised and that JEDCO is going to be there. And I realized that that's right down the street from me. Um, and I knew that we were, you know, working on growing our business and there was just networking and things I needed to be a part of and to figure out. And I went over there. It was hosted by New Orleans Black Chamber of Commerce and um, and went over there and I heard Jennifer speak. Avondale was there that day too, speaking about their five-year plan. And of course, all of this is pre-COVID. I believe that was in 2019, maybe, maybe spring 2019. So they were there talking and um, and I was like, oh, Jetco's, you know, it looked like they're the place to talk to for non-traditional business loans. And I want to see where we can take this bread pudding business to. So, so I did, I reached out to them and they put me in touch with, um, with Jennifer and shared the bread puddings with them. And that's she's like, oh yeah, I'm a believer in this product. Let's present this to the board and see where, see where it goes. And it was, it was a great experience. Her team was awesome. They were always, you know, right there on it. I appreciate that she, um, even when I wanted to shift in the middle of it, like Jennifer, can I take some of this money and put it instead of going to Norco, can I take some and put it into this building over here? And she's like, hold up, let's not do that. Let's reconfigure the whole thing and got me a bigger loan offer. So it was, you know, it was a fantastic experience. She was definitely, you know, the whole team was on point and still is very helpful even throughout the pandemic. Pandemic hits, you know, right after we signed the papers and they're immediately, we're going to defer the payments because we were of course supposed to start at least interest interest only payments and they're like we're just going to defer that you know until summertime and then let's just see where it goes so they've been very helpful every step of the way throughout the pandemic knowing that for one the restaurant business is hard and you can the restaurant business has a failure rate pretty quickly um, in the first two years and then you're, you're doing it in a pandemic so um the odds were severely stacked against us, but Jedco, you know, has been instrumental in it. And I think, you know, I give a test God to that as well, that he, he paired me up with exactly what we needed and who was going to take us the distance, no matter the timing of which it happened. Yeah. So it's been, I would recommend Jedco to anybody. Well, thank you. That is always something that we love to hear. 
one of the reasons that we wanted to host this season of the podcast and feature some of Jedco's borrowers was really to raise awareness about these loan programs that we have that are a little bit different and a little bit, they're, they're non-traditional, like you said. I mean, these are gap financing options that, you know, if you're going to a bank and you can get a, get a loan through a bank, you probably wouldn't be coming to Jedco for a loan, that kind of thing. And so it's, right. it's something that we're really trying to grow and, and push people to, especially small business owners to take advantage of it because it is, it is so valuable. I mean, that's just over and over as I've been talking to all of these borrowers, it can make, make or break a business. And so being able to get a loan, it's really important. (laughs) So we love that we can do that for, for people like you. (laughs) Um, So let's talk a little bit about Jefferson Parish. Mm -hmm. Why Jefferson Parish? Um, what what made you want to open your business in Jefferson? Um, so I'm from here. I'm born and raised in West Wego. Uh, all of all of my life, I left, but I came back. Um, Myron, of course, is is not from West Wego. He's from the Seventh Ward um, in New Orleans. But we lived in Jefferson Parish, and being a part of, you know, the New Orleans like how I met Jedco through the New Orleans Black Chamber of Commerce. I knew when they're going to Norco and they're proving, oh, you can go to this commissary kitchen because, well, that was the only place commissary kitchen was available. I was not settled with that. I knew that I wanted to be closer to home. And I knew that we had already saw this building. You know, we had already prayed over this building. Um, I knew we really didn't want to be anywhere else. Um, some people were like, oh, you know, some negative things about the West Bank in general, not necessarily Jefferson Parish. I love Jefferson Parish overall. But some people don't have great things to say about the West Bank. And I've been here my whole life. I don't feel that way. I feel like our crime is relatively low. Um, there's a lot, It's very family oriented. Um, in this area in particular, I grew up in, I'm very comfortable here. So I knew it was just the right place. And really importantly is that I knew the potential and what was what was to come. You know, the good things that, that would be coming even when everybody else said nothing's going to happen in that area. They're not doing anything. I had faith that different things would be happening and that it would be the place, you know, it would be the right place for us. Um, And it was very important to me to, to, for us to bridge the gap, um, so to speak, because a lot of, there's a lot of racial diversity and we, we face that a lot. And I wanted to, to bridge, bridge the gap in that, especially in this area, because to my knowledge, there wasn't any other, other than Miss Estralita, who's been there for a long time and super awesome. Um, I don't know of any other African American owned businesses in West Wego. And I was like, this, I thought that was very sad. I'm like, that needs to change. There needs to be some diversity here. Um, so I knew that this, this is where, you know, I was comfortable being. If I could get Myron understand that he was comfortable being here, I was like, this is, this is a, <laughs> right? This is a gap I'd like, like to bridge, you know, to- Give me to understand I was comfortable here. That's funny. Yes, yeah. Yeah, to understand he'd be okay. <laughs> On yeah, definitely no, grew up in a, in a different world than the West Bank. So. What a fantastic reason to want to be in Jefferson Parish, in West Wego specifically on the West Bank. I, I really do also like that you mentioned that there's a lot of opportunity on the West Bank because that's an area of focus for Jedco as well. I mean, when you look at when you look at an aerial map of Jefferson Parish, the East Bank is almost entirely built out. And so the West right. Bank with all of the open space and land is really, we like to call it the last frontier for development in Jefferson right. Parish. And so right. there is a tremendous amount of opportunity in 
on the West Bank. And, and it's really something that we do see that there there is more coming. And that is something that we're excited about too. A lot of people very afraid to be, to come over here. And I don't know why they're like, oh, oh, all the way over there on the West Bank. Yeah, it's like 20 minutes to catch the bridge and 30 minutes in traffic, but you drive all over the Slidell. It's my favorite thing to tell my customers that come from a little bit farther of a distance or going. I'm like, I'm glad you know that you didn't need a passport to come here. You can just come <laughs> on over. You didn't even need a passport to come and go. It's great. It really is so interesting. And I'm from, as I had mentioned earlier, I'm from uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which is like the city of bridges where everything is, you've got to come across a bridge to get anywhere. So for me, you know, I, I live on the East Bank. I drive to the West Bank for work and- it really isn't bad, especially after they fixed the Huey P because beforehand it was a little bit scarier coming across the Huey P long, but, but anyways, I completely digress as I'm prone to do from time to time. So I want to talk a little bit about giving back to the community and you, you mentioned that this was really important to you. You have a master's in social work, Carol. Um, what are some of the ways in which you were able to give back to the community through this business in particular? So this is where my, um, our vision for how social work meets culinary is that my vision for a nonprofit program started in 2011 before I even met Myron. And I went to um, Good Work Network to meet with them about how I could learn how to build a nonprofit. And I had a vision of helping young people and kind of like a Cafe Hope or a Cafe Reconcile, um, but slightly different. And they, I was suggested to me to get your for-profit off the ground first. And I was like, she's like, you can, it takes a while to build a nonprofit. So get your for-profit off the ground first, since you want that to be a large piece of, of your program. And I said, okay. So then I moved on and that was 2011. I continued to take notes and I have a, a little, you can't see it, but I have a binder of construction for my, for my program that I had been working on since 2011. Um, and then I met Myron in 2014 and I said, you're my missing piece to my for-profit. So I was like, I got to get my for-profit off the ground. So here we go. And when I saw this building, um, in 2016, I believe it was that we saw this building originally, um, I knew that this could be the place where it was big enough to house the whole thing, the program, um, the for-profit, um, that this would be the place that it could all happen. So that program, I'm looking like it will be called a stepping stone of Louisiana. And that program is specifically for young parents age 16 to 24. It's faith-based as well as we are Christians. It's not Catholic-based, but faith-based. So much like Cafe Reconcile, Cafe Hope, uh, Liberty's Kitchen, a culinary life skills program, but with a strong emphasis on parenting skills life skills and higher education. So we want them to come in, train them in the area of culinary, hospitality, um, front and back of the house, the whole thing, because I have lots of experience in all of these areas and Myron does as well. But I also have the experience of knowing that that business is not for everybody, um, but education is key no matter what. So whether you just wanna get a certification or you want to get a full blown degree. Like I didn't start, I have a master's degree, but I didn't start college until I was 30 years old. Um, I have was divorced and said, okay, it's time to do something for myself now. And I have four kids to raise. So that's when I started college at 30. So I knew if I can do it at 30 years old, 
with four kids as a single mom, there's plenty of other young people out there that can parent and, and do more with their life as well. So that's kind of how that, that took off. And, um, I knew it would be for young moms because I've also been a mentor um, for a program called Young Lives, which is part of Young Life, uh, which is a faith-based nonprofit that's like worldwide. And their sector, Young Lives, is just for teen moms. So I've been a mentor with them for a few years and I saw the need there. Um, I'm also a former CASA advocate. So I saw a great need in the area of foster care. And I was like, these there's lots of young people out there having children, especially in the South. It's just not uncommon to um, to become a parent pretty young. But what I did see while being a CASA advocate and in the foster care system, plus in my education and my learning through social work, was that a lot of the areas where I saw parents struggling, that these weren't young parents. They, in fact, were parents now in their 30s. But the children weren't young either. The children are now older children, which told me that they became parents very young, then hit that middle age and ran into a lot of difficulty. And I saw you, you can see a lot of increase in grandparents raising the children. So I was like, I see where I need to start with this. Let's go back farther. Let's, you know, I see my young moms and I talked to some of the teen moms and they weren't in foster care. They wouldn't be homeless, but they might've well as been for some of the home lives that they had. And I was like, this is a great need. So I knew between that and learning and social work and doing my research in school that if you can start there and help the, the parents while they're young and the children are very young and that takes time, then ultimately that will lessen the effect of you know, childcare and the foster care system when these parents are then in their 30s um, because they would have had a better training and a better foundation for themselves while their children are small. So that's my basis on that and how we come to a stepping stone of Louisiana. And my research, my, uh, my research professor said, well, Carol, do you think you want to call it the stepping stone? And he'll be my grant writer. And I said, no, God was very specific. Like that, that name came to me when I was at Delgado, probably in 2012. I said, it's the stepping stone. Uh, I mean, a stepping stone, not the, because I'm only a part of, we will only be a part of their lifelong journey, but I want them to have a very good foundation for, you know, where they can go in life. And if it's not in the restaurant business or the hospitality, I want to push them into a certificate or into a college degree, or just let them know what they can do as parents and to remember that your children are never your handicap. Your children are your greatest asset. Um, and some pa young parents, I feel, and coming from this certain home lives, there's certain generational things that that have to be changed. Um, and they need to know that they can be independent and not, um, you don't have to depend on Medicaid. You don't have to depend on food stamps. You don't have to depend on welfare. It's This is here to help you right now, but let me show you how you don't have to do that forever and how you can be a successful parent later in life. What an incredible and beautiful vision and something that something that I think is so very special is that through your for-profit business, you are able to offer this nonprofit uh, piece. And, and again, that is all of these sort of um, puzzle pieces coming together to fulfill something that you've dreamed of doing for a long time, which I, I just, I really think is so tremendous. And 
it's clear that your business and your your nonprofit are just tremendous assets for this area. I mean, that you are in West Wego and the surrounding, you know, West Bank area, people in Jefferson Parish that have access to this. This is this is huge. Thank you. Thank you. I'm hoping I'm very excited. I hope we get it launched maybe um maybe by the fall or early next year. We'll see how long the paperwork um takes. I'll be partnering with um with a friend of mine who's a local company who I've also referred to Jetco. They're called Stonehouse um, Coffee Company. Oh, they it. are local roasters and they've been at the Gretna's Farmer's Market for at least three years now. And she is very interested in partnering with me on the expanding our space. So they, they want to move two doors down from us so that we'll be able to have culinary classes there and here and collaborate there, which is right next to the theater. Um, in the meantime, the other part of how we keep this community involved and keep other businesses growing um, is in efforts to raise my money to get to the nonprofit, to get to pay the grant writer, to get to pay the lady to file the paperwork, is we host what's called Shopping on Sala every first Saturday of the month. And uh, that brings in kind of like a little pop-up market where I allow outside vendors that have their, their businesses. I've made little applications, kind of like a Gretna's Farmer's Market, but smaller. And I take those, I keep those vendors' fees very small. And those vendors' fees goes towards what I need for the nonprofit while boosting up other small businesses to get on their own and help them to network and utilize the resources that I've come across. That is so cool. And I love the name shopping on Sala. That is so cool. I I love it. Um, I, I mean, I know you know about the Spend Local JP campaign, which I think is really, it's really neat that that sort of ties in in that way where, you know, we're all trying to to celebrate and support small businesses. And that is a really awesome way to do that and to utilize your resources in that way is really a benefit to, to so many other businesses. And I, I really love, one of the things I love so much about Jefferson Parish and this region as a whole and our businesses in this, in this area is just how much businesses like to lift each other up and support each other. And business owners are there to, you know, small business owners are like the most generous people because they know how hard it is to open a business and start a business and grow a business. And so, you know, having that community of, of other business owners to lean on and to, you know, provide support is just really, it's so beautiful. I think it's one of my favorite parts about being in economic development is being able to see that. Yes. Thank you. Um, well, I know we are bumping up on time here and I know you are super busy. So I am going to ask uh, you one last question, even though I have a million more, I could just keep going. Cause I'm, your story is so interesting. Um, what is your favorite dish on the menu? <laughs> Ooh. I know it's a tough uh, one. <laughs> I know people ask me that a lot. And I'm like, I got to pick one. Um, Cause we constantly are evolving and thinking up new things. So I couldn't pick one. I'd have to pick two. So I'll pick a two one hot fine. dish and one, one sandwich. So I would say my hot dish because I am an Italian. Italian is my favorite food. It would be our Italian Thursdays when he does lasagna. Mm. and his lasagna can be baked or fried um and some people are like what I was like yes just when you thought lasagna didn't get any better he <laughs> battered it and fried it um and it's not like a heavy batter or anything it just puts a nice crisp um coating he seasons up this flour and it gets a nice crisp coating around that soft cheesy um 
lasagna. So it's really, I would have to say that would be my, my favorite thing is our Italian Thursdays and that, and that fried lasagna. And it's tremendous baked too, but it's just different that he will, um, he will fry it. He has a sauce, one of the best sauces I have ever tasted. And I taste a lot of sauces because I love Italian food. Um, and I'm not biased because, you know, he knows that I know food and he knows food. And if, uh, if I don't like it, I tell him, no, I don't like it. Um, but he has an amazing sauce. That is an amazing lasagna. And many of our customers have came in and said that has to be one of the best lasagnas they have ever eaten. Wow. Um, and I would say my favorite sandwich would have to be um, the Creole BLT, which is something um, that's a sandwich I came with on my own. I was working in a restaurant that did fried green tomatoes. And one day I said, I want, um, but I want that on bread with some bacon. And, um, and I made a Cajun mayo with it. And I was like, this is an amazing sandwich. And when I have my own restaurant, I'm definitely gonna put that on the menu so that other people can experience that. Cause I think a fried green tomato could go on just about anything. Um, so the fried green tomato with the Cajun mayo, um, it, it's an amazing sandwich and that's the, uh, called the Creole BLT. So toasted, we butter it, toast it on the grill, put that Cajun mayo on there, thick cut bacon and fried green tomato and lettuce. Well, that sounds amazing. Um, and now I'm hungry. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, now I need to go eat. Um, I, is there anything you'd like to share that I didn't ask? Anything that is really on your heart that you want to make sure that you get across uh, in in this podcast? Um, I see you have on here advice to aspiring entrepreneurs. Yes, I always love to ask that one when we've got time. So if you'd like to share that, we're all ears. Yes, never ever give up on what your dream is. No, there will always be negativity. There will always be naysayers um, that are going to tell you, you can't do this, you can't do that, but only you know what you're capable of and what your, you know, what your heart's desire is. And if, if that's God's plan for you, it's, it's going to happen, but you got to put one foot in front of the other and say, I'm willing to take the steps and let him lead you to wherever, you know, you feel like he, he needs to take you to, because if that's his plan for you, it's going to work out. You just got to have faith to, to do it. Don't be afraid. Do not let fear, you know, cripple you just jump out and do it. And, and that is such fantastic advice. I, I love too, that you mentioned that. And then when, you know, I'm asking the questions about what it's like to start your own business, it is scary. There is fear there, but the fact that you can set that aside and push that out of the way so that you can focus on, on achieving this goal. I mean, it's a, that is a per, perfect advice for, for aspiring entrepreneurs of literally any age in any industry. And I have to say, your faith takes you a long way. Very quickly, I would tell you, I have a silent investor and I won't say his name. Um, he's a very good friend of mine. And plenty of people have approached him about being an investor in their businesses as he's very business minded. And he said, Carol, he says, I have no, you know, he said, I have no problem telling you. He says, I didn't have a problem investing in you. He said, because of your level of faith. He said, I saw you continue because he's known me for several years to work at something and work at something and not give up on it. He said, your level of faith will take you very far. 
And so he's like, I'm all in. He's like, because I know where this this is going to go. He said, your faith is going to take you far. So sometimes, you know, some people think, oh, I can't do this or I can't do that. I'm not going to give me any money. You never know who's going to be willing to give you money. Be willing if you believe in you, somebody else will believe in you. And if you don't believe in you, don't expect anybody else to. Well, Carol, that is, uh, that's, I think, first of all, very inspiring. And second of all, a really good place for us to close out um, this this uh, discussion. I am so grateful for your time and for getting a chance to just sort of talk to you and hear your story and and get to know you. I'm I'm personally just very inspired. And also, as I mentioned before, very hungry now. So I'm going to have to come visit. <laughs> so, thank you so much. Thank you, Carol. Thank you, Myron, uh, so much, both of you for being on the show. Um, hope to have you back sometime. A special thanks to Myron and Carol for taking time out of their incredibly busy schedules to be on the show. If you're craving bread pudding, fried lasagna, or some authentic Creole cuisine, we highly recommend you check out LeBrand's. We've linked to their website in our show notes so you can learn more. Of course, we've also linked to our financing options in our show notes as well. If this is your first time tuning into the show, there are plenty more episodes where this one came from. Our episodes are released on Thursdays on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and anywhere else you stream your favorite show. If you like our podcast, please feel free to leave us a rating or a review. Those reviews help others find our show and listen in. We share links to all of our episodes on our social media platforms. Be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Jedco underscore news and on Facebook at Jefferson Parish Economic Development. You can also find us on LinkedIn and you can visit our website at jedco.org. If you have feedback about the show or if you'd like to recommend a guest, please email me at kscram at jedco.org. As always, thank you so much for listening. See you back here soon.